Welcome to the Italian Wine Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Vinitali International Wine and Spirits Exhibition. The 54th edition of Vinitali will be held from the 10th to the 13th of April, right here in Verona. To discover more about Vinitali and get your tickets, visit vinitali.com. This year, the Italian Wine Podcast will be live and in person in Pavilion 6, Stand A7. So come on down and say hello. Welcome to our special SOS Everybody Needs a Bit of Shansa installment. This is a shout out to all the wine geeks out there. We need some feedback on the Professor's new book, the English version of Jumbo Shrimp Guide to the Origins, Evolution, and Future of the Grapevine. The Italian Wine Podcast is part of the Mama Jumbo Shrimp brand, and Mama Jumbo Shrimp is all about breaking down difficult concepts into small, bite-sized pieces. The issue here is that the new book is, well, a bit difficult to chew at this point. So we want to invite wine lovers out there to give us their input and advice to make the final product more reader friendly. So have at it, wine lovers. Don't be shy. Send your comments to info at italianwinepodcast.com. Now on to the show. Welcome to another episode of uh, SOS Special Edition. Everybody needs a bit of scienza. This is actually not with Professor Shensa. Uh, my name is Joy Livingston. I'm here with Richard Huff. A pale limitation, I'm afraid. <laughs> and um, actually, Richard has been translating uh, the Professor's new book, and uh, we have yet to decide upon a title, so I'm not going to talk about that too much. But the idea here is to uh, read, narrate, for, for Richard to narrate a little bit of the the book in uh, in each one of these episodes so that listeners in the international wine community can tune in and perhaps give us their feedback and their ideas opinions thoughts whatever uh, on this writing and to see whether or not uh, there is a way to make this more digestible for everyday readers rather than you know something that belongs in a something that belongs in a uh, university context yeah library yeah. yeah so so yeah that's what's going on here and i'm just stepping in today for stevie who usually does these she's uh jet setting off in new york and um so yeah richard okay here we are again yes thank you um i'll, I'll just give you a, a quick synopsis if you like of the, the chapter that we're about to to read so it's chapter six and it's basically exploring the classification and identification of vine species and it explains that historically species were identified and classified according to their physical characteristics so botanists for example would study leaf shape cluster patterns even the size and the, the form of the seeds um Whereas nowadays, modern biology and genetics means that we have a deeper understanding about the nature of the species and how they evolved and, in fact, continue to evolve to this day. So this is just, again, some, some scientific background, some historical background that Shensa gives um, that really, I think, can help us to understand some of the issues that are facing 
wind production today, issues around climate change and genetic engineering and that kind of thing. Well, let's uh, let's get to the to the to the book then. Uh, that sounds interesting. Okay, good. So it's chapter six. How are vine species identified and classified? The genus Vitis was historically classified into two subgenera: Uvitis and Moscadinia. Amongst the Uvitis subgenera, three groups of species can currently be distinguished. The first, the American Boreal, which includes about 28 species and which offered resistance to disease and phylloxera and was used for the creation of rootstocks and resistant hybrids. The second is the Eastern Asiatic group of about 40 species and the third is the Eurasian group, which includes only Vitis vinifera. So, what criteria determine the assignment of an individual grapevine to a particular species? Ernst Meyer, the renowned German-American epistemologist, answered this question in a provocative way, stating that the difference between two species is as clear as that between the lion and the tiger. For Linnaeus, the species didn't play as important a role as the genus. Although he was a creationist, Linnaeus stated in the later editions of his works that only the genera were created initially and that species were the product of the crossing of different genera. Darwin also viewed the species as something purely arbitrary, an invention by taxonomists for sheer convenience. The transition from a morphological concept of species, which focused on the physical form and external structure, to a biological one, emphasised by British naturalist Alfred Wallace, is based on the fact that a species is a population, occupying a specific niche in nature and reproductively isolated from other species. A new systemic of genus vitis was therefore necessary which was based on the biological properties rather than the physical characteristics used in the past for classification. The terminology had to be adapted by introducing the terms ecospecies and ecotype to define the degree of interaction of an individual with a particular habitat and of coenospecies for those species capable of exchanging genes amongst themselves, an aspect that characterises sympatric populations, that is, two related species or populations that exist in the same geographic area and so frequently encounter one another. Through breeding, it is thus possible to transform species into populations and to remove the differences between Eurasian and North American species, recomposing that geographical integrity and genetic continuity interrupted by the tectonics of the continents and by the glaciations. Although the methods of molecular biology have greatly improved the possibility of studying the relationship between species, the results of interspecific hybridization and introgressive hybridization are still difficult to interpret. The frequency of such phenomena calls into question the standard paradigm of evolutionary theory represented by classical phylogenetic models. Spontaneous hybridization or crossbreeding events have occurred both in the distant past and more recently, for example, in response to climate change. In particular, in the United States, the north-south orientation of the Rocky Mountains favoured the movement of species during the glacial and interglacial periods within the North American continent. Spontaneous hybridization or crossbreeding events have occurred both in the distant past and more recently, for example, in response to climate change. In particular, 
in the United States, the north-south orientation of the Rocky Mountains favoured the movement of species during the glacial and interglacial periods within the North American continent. The high variability of the physical characteristics of American species of grape has led to the proliferation of 140 names to describe 65 species currently recognised. These numerous synonyms seem to be one of the reasons why the evolutionary relationships within the genus Fetus have never been clearly defined to date. Most of the American species are distributed in the eastern and southern states, whose geographic boundaries partially overlap. Despite the geographical and phenological barriers that have prevented hybridization between American species in some cases, research in this field, dating back to the early years of the 20th century, has highlighted the widespread formation of natural hybrids. For example, in Texas, Due to its particular climatic conditions, vines belonging to the Vitis riparia species have been involved in various hybridization processes, resulting in the creation of new variants. On the other hand, there is also a risk that the genetic resources of some species will diminish certain species increasingly restricted to limited territories and seriously threatened by the spread of invasive species. That was, that was really awesome. I really enjoyed that. It was... Um quite interesting there is he has so much knowledge on so many different topics uh in in this area yeah it's yeah. really it's, it's, it's kind of scary the, yeah it's one of the great things about it um it's also one of the big challenges when i when you're you're translating his words because every phrase every word every expression really comes with often not hidden meaning, but a deeper significance or deeper meaning that that sometimes, to be honest, passes me by. So, yeah, it's it's really rich and really, um, you know, depth, the depth of it is is, is pretty incredible. Um, sometimes I find that the chapter can end rather abruptly, and I'm not quite sure um, whether perhaps we need to 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 perhaps provide some kind of summary or some kind of. Yeah. Um, signpost a bit better you know what the, the the key arguments are what what is the significance of this information um to the overall argument but yeah, yeah. um yep yeah, that was chapter six cool well that's there you have it uh to all, all our listeners i hope that um yeah, if you enjoyed that and you have any th- comments or thoughts on how we can make it more bite-sized for the general reader, um, because of course, as I, I, I have been saying, this is intended for the Jumbo Shrimp Guide series, and of course that's all about uh, making very large, complex ideas simple and easily accessible to all. So. Um, This is what we're doing, and I I hope you uh, will come back again next week for another installment of SOS Special Edition. Everybody needs a bit of shensa. With that, um, it's a wrap. Uh, Remember to like and subscribe to the Italian Wine Podcast, and um, we are also on YouTube with with tons of great wine content. Um, You can find us at Mama Jumbo Shrimp. And, um, yeah, that's that's it. See you next time.
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Italian Wine Podcast, brought to you by Vinitaly International Wine and Spirits Exhibition, the biggest drinks trade fair in the world. For more information about Vinitaly and tickets, visit vinitaly.com. And remember to subscribe to Italian Wine Podcast and catch us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and wherever you get your pods. You can also find us at italianwinepodcast.com. guys, I'm Joy Livingston and I am the producer of the Italian Wine Podcast. Thank you for listening. We are the only wine podcast that has been doing a daily show since the pandemic began. This is a labor of love and we are committed to bringing you free content every day. Of course, this takes time and effort, not to mention the cost of equipment, production and editing. We would be grateful for your donations, suggestions, requests and ideas. For more information on how to get in touch, go to italianwinepodcast.com.